Thank you for the administration. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father, we agree to you for tonight. We thank you for this time in your presence. We thank you for this time to reflect on our citizenship. Tonight, the topic before us is that our citizenship is in heaven. Father, it is only you and your word that will clarify this position to us for us to know exactly where we belong. And as you show us where we belong, my prayer tonight is that it will even change our attitude. It will change our thinking. It will change our relationship with you. Because truly, your word will tell us where we belong to and our allegiance. May you grant the utterance, O Lord. And may you speak to our hearts tonight. Give us the hearts, O Lord, to receive your word. And may your word be a blessing to each one of us. Father, we thank you and I bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen. This evening we sharing on the topic, our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. Heaven, we all know, is the dwelling place of our God, our Lord and our Master, Jesus Christ. And tonight we are saying that is where we belong. So somebody was the question, what does it mean to be a citizen? Who is a citizen? And simply put, a citizen is a member of a state. It can be a local state, maybe Anglo citizen, a tribe, Ghanaian citizen, a member of the Commonwealth. We say we are citizen, we belong. To that state. That is what we can identify. And we have our duties and obligations. As a member of that state. Because we belong. But tonight what we are talking about is that even though physically we find ourselves here. What we are saying. Is that our citizenship is not from here. We do not belong to this world. We don't belong. I'm sure we'll be struggling in our minds. But we are seated here. But we are saying we don't belong. Because in Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 4 to 6, in Ephesians chapter 2, 
from verse 4 to 6. God words tells us that but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespass made us alive together with Christ by grace you've been saved and let's pay attention to the verses and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places with Christ. Hallelujah. God, by His rich mercy, He says He raised us. And in Christ, the verse 6, raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. So long as you and I are seated, we remain in Christ and we are in Him. Word of God is saying that we are seated with Him in the heavenly place. It's a matter of our faith. Do you believe in it? It's because if you believe that you are a child of God, where is our God? He's in heaven. And you and I, we are saying we are children of God. And that is what John 1, 12 tells us. That as many as has received Him, even them who have believed, they are the sons of God. We are a child of God. And it's by faith. We also in Ephesians 1.5 believe that we've been adopted by Christ. So I'm a child of God. I've been adopted by Christ. And if somebody has adopted me and is in heaven and I believe, where is my citizenship coming from? That is what I believe. And it's going to take us faith to live by this scripture. He says, if only you believe that you are in Christ, and Christ says he's seated in the heavenly places, you are seated with him. Is it difficult to accept it? It's a matter of what you believe. It says, and raised us up together and made us sit. So we are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you and I believe that we are in Christ, we are in Him, then what Paul is telling the Ephesians is that we are seated with Him in the heavenly place. Hallelujah. And in the verse 19 of the same Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers 
and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Let's see on the verse 19, but let's take it from the Amplified Version. Therefore, you are no longer outsiders. We are not exiles. We are not migrants. We are not aliens. Excluded from the rights of citizens. But you now share citizenship with the saints. God's own people. Consecrated and set apart for himself. And you belong to God's own household. Amen. So, me, I believe. <laughs> I'm not an alien. My citizenship is in heaven. That is what the word of God says. And I believe in it. So I'm not an alien. I'm not an exile. I'm not an immigrant. But I belong. And that is why I'm saying we should not struggle with this. If I believe that I'm a child of God, if I believe that I've been adopted by Christ, it should not be difficult for me to say that I am a citizen of heaven. Because in the Ephesians that we looked at, he says, so long as I remain in him, and I'm seated in him. I'm a citizen of heaven. Now, if such an offer has been made, why would I reject it? It's a matter of our faith. It is an offer. That is what Christ is saying. That for those who are in me, I'm seated with them. That is the word of God. Why would I think otherwise? Why would I struggle to say that that's for me, I don't belong? People are struggling to be citizens of other nations. But God is saying, because of his rich mercies, so long as I'm a child of God, so long as I have believed, I'm an adopted child of God. He says, my citizenship is in heaven. And what I say is, thank you, Father. Thank you. And who doesn't like? Who? People are struggling to receive green cards. To be made citizens of elsewhere. They go, they are bound, they go, they are bound. But here, just by believing, there's no struggle. People take money. I mean, I heard in the news... Was it yesterday also? Somebody had people are paying fifteen thousand to go through Dubai to go and be a house help. And if you are fifteen thousand Ghana CD, why would you go to Dubai? And God is saying, if I believe, I'll be a citizen. I mean, what can be compared with heaven? And people are doing all manner of things to get to other places. And where they are even getting to? Those places are temporary places. 
they are on the decline. There is going to be a decay. They are passing away. And my place and your place in heaven will abide forever. All it takes is that it is God's words. It is the word of God. He says, if you sit in him, then you are seated with him in heaven. So the challenge for you and I is that can we remain in Christ? For me, I believe that is the biggest challenge. We said we've given our lives to Christ, but some of us are struggling to follow him. We cannot remain in union with Christ. Be in union with him and sit at a better place. We don't want it. But he says, so long as you and I can remain in union with Christ, where we are seated is in the heavenly place. Hallelujah. So our citizenship, if only we remain in union with Christ, he says, we belong to heaven. And for me, what I would desire for us is for the Lord to increase us in our faith. So that what he has said, I will just hold on to it. Because it's a great thing to be part of that citizens. Hallelujah. So we belong to him. Somebody will ask, if we belong to that citizenship, what are we doing here? For now, I know that when the time comes and we belong, we go to the throne. I think Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. It's a people from all nations. So we will be representing Ghana. You agree with me? We are here that on that, in Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. Before that great throne, people from all nations. He said, after those things I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with their palm branches in their hands. So we'll be representing Ghana. <laughs> Hallelujah. So those of us who are still here, some of us will go, others will come, but those who will remain in Christ. When they say, where is the Ghanaian delegation? <laughs> we'll be there. So we'll still be identified that for now we are Ghanaians. But on that day, that Ghanaian contingent, I don't know who will be leading it. <laughs> But it will be an exciting time. It will be an exciting time. An exciting time because, you know, God said there will be a gathering of all the saints. Those who passed on 5,000 years ago will be there. How many will be itching to see brother, Father Abraham? Auntie Rosemont, I can see your hand is up. <laughs> Those who passed on 5,000 years ago, 
Every denomination, if here on earth, Presby and Methodists cannot meet and organize a crusade, we will meet there. Every tribe, if we are fighting tribal wars, when we meet there, so long as we are saints, we will see that we are all belonging to one state. Our citizenship is in heaven. Because of what Christ has done for us. So he said there will be a gathering. There will be a gathering of all of us. That is what scripture is telling us. And I said that is not enough. That will be the greatest homecoming of all the saints to our final destination. But in this, I'm asking myself, what is the world? Why are some people still attached to this world? God has said, our citizenship is in heaven. But whilst we are here, we know that so long as we remain in him, we don't belong here. Of course, whilst you're on this earth, we'll pay our taxes. We don't want trouble. We'll pay our taxes. DVLA will do what is right. Knowing that by Romans 13, 1, that is the authority we have here. But we know that physically we are here, but we don't belong here. That should be our mindset. Even though physically we are here. For us, from what we've read in Ephesians, so long as you and I can remain in Christ, me, my mindset tells me that I don't belong here. But for a moment, we are just passing through. And I believe that should be the mindset of every child of God. Because our Father is in heaven. Our Father is in heaven. And therefore, we need to have a certain attitude of the world. In John 17, verse 14 to 16, clearly Christ says, We are not of this world, because we know we belong to this God, the citizenship. So in John 17, 14 to 16, it says, I have given them your word. The world has hated them, because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. Amen. They are not. And I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Verse 16. They are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. Do you believe you are part of the world? Christ says, those who belong to me, they do not belong to this world. They are not part, because their citizenship is in heaven. And if Christ has said this, why do some of us still have a strong attachment to what Christ says, you are not part of it? Because of some little attractions. Christ has seen those attractions, but he's still saying, 
you don't belong. Because his word has told us that so long as we remain in him, we are seated in him and we are seated in heaven. And he says, this world, you and I are not part of it. There should be no attachments. We need to begin to lose every interest in this world because you and I, we are not part of it. We are not part of it. We are not part of it. In fact, in John 15, 18 to 19, John 15, 18 to 19, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world will love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. We are not part of it. That is why if you are a true believer, if you believe you are a true believer, and the world endorses you, then something is not adding up. Because if you are a true believer, from what Christ is saying, you'll be hated. But if you are a true believer, and the world can meet, and say they've endorsed you, you are one of us, then I think you've lost your place in the commonwealth of Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because the world should not endorse any true believer. But I know that there are some pastors who have been endorsed by the Illuminati. And clearly, if they hated Christ, but they have endorsed you, then I don't know where your allegiance is. Because they hated Christ. Because he was not part of them. But if the world will endorse you, then you really don't belong. That is why in First John chapter 2, verse 15 to 16, he says, Love not the world. Love not the world. Because we are not part of it. So we are still developing our point where Christ has said in his word in Ephesians that so long as we remain in him, our citizenship is in him and we are in heaven. And he's making it clear that when it comes to the world, you and I are not part of it. There should be no strong attachments. In fact, no attachment at all. We are just here because for now, we probably have to preach, share his word, and wait for his coming or he calls us. But we truly are citizens of heaven. Hallelujah. And he says, the prince of this world has nothing in me. John 14 verse 30. 
The prince of this world is coming. But he has nothing in me if you are a true child of God. If you truly believe that your citizenship is in heaven and the prince of this world is coming, you should say that I don't belong. You have no portion in me. That is why in the same Ephesians chapter 2 verse, verses 2 and 3, let's quickly look at Ephesians chapter 2 verses 2 and 3. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. That is when the, we moved according to the course of this world. And as you move according to the course of this world, your values are different. As Reverend and some priest last Sunday or so, when it comes to money, the world is about who has most. Who are small? So there has to be a ranking of who are small. That is the world. But for we as citizens of heaven, our richness should be our prosperity of our souls. But for the world, you take the Forbes magazine and they will rank those who are the richest people. And Ghana, I think a couple of years ago, they tried to do who is rich in Ghana. And in the list were those who haven't paid their workers' social security. But they're the richest people. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that is the world system. People who have taken government contracts, they've not delivered, they've taken the money. They say they are the who in who in Ghana. And then some of us, our hearts are burning. That you wish you were like them. It doesn't work. Because your citizenship is in heaven. And let's cherish that and to be proud about that. Because if you take the world, they say, according to the course of this world, it is more of competition and comparison. Who has who? Who has what? That is what we do. Who are, it's even in the church. So for some pastors who meet, how big is the congregation and how many cars have the leaders got? That is the world mentality. Because it's about competition. It's about love of money. But as he preached the last time, a like couple of Sundays, if God's money is in your hands and you are a citizen of heaven, your attitude is different. But for the world... We need to compete. And in the competition, what happens is that, as they use the Ghanaian word, you choke me, I choke you. Because that's how the world works. But you and I, we don't belong. Hallelujah. So we need to begin to let this world mentality get out of our system. Because you and I, we don't belong here. And if you don't do that, 
you will find that you probably are going to have problem with Christ. He may not be able to confirm you or to confess that you belong to Him. Because you still have a strong attachment to the things of this world. But remember, you and I are pilgrims. That should capture our hearts strongly. In John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, he says, The world does not even know us. So quite clearly, we should know that we have no place in the world because our citizenship is in heaven. Hallelujah. But in all of these, what I realize is that yes, Christ has given us our place, our room, and even whilst we are living here, all our mentality, the lives that we are living here, in all my mind, I don't belong here. So the values of this world should not really engage our attention, but the values of our Lord. Hallelujah. But we also believe that ultimately, then we will make it to our final destination. Amen. But that is what brings me the greatest challenge. Which all of us will need to work on. Because the way and the gate to make it is narrow. And that is the greatest test. You see, it is like, I don't know how many of you have traveled to the U.S. before. You can get your visa here. But when you arrive at the immigration, those homeland people, their structure alone is intimidating. You can be holding the visa, but if you are not careful, you might come back. You understand? You may be holding the visa or right issue from here, but you can get there and the next plane, you'll be put on it. Christ has said that we belong to him. It's clear. There is no doubt. But we need to enter through the gates. But that gate and that way is narrow. And don't behave like the typical Ghanaian who travels. This Ghana must go back. <laughs> it goes everywhere. <laughs> They've banned it. It's good, but otherwise, our entry into most international airports <laughs> will not be easy. And if we have that attitude to enter into heaven, that baggage, you will get there and they will tell you, this one cannot enter. Because in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14, the way to enter is narrow. The way, enter by the narrow gates. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. And brethren, tonight, for me, that is the biggest challenge. 
our citizenship is there all right. Whilst here we are living as people of Christ, living in Him. But we need to enter ultimately one day. But Christ is saying, that entry, it is narrow. Unless you are really in Him, full of His righteousness, truth, and holiness, you cannot make it. You cannot make it. And you know, almost every individual you ask on this earth, where do you want to be? He'll tell you he wants to be in heaven. I think there was only about last year that I saw some people going on a demonstration in the UK who said they wanted to be in hell. But every individual, I believe, wants to enter into heaven. But you see, it is not mouth talk. That is where we all need to work hard at it. What God, Christ, expects of us. Because it says the gate, the heaven gate is narrow. The heaven gate is narrow. It will take a life in Christ. A life in Christ. Full of Christ. Because in Isaiah chapter 33, verses 15 to 17, Isaiah chapter 33, verses 15 to 17, it says, He who walks righteously speaks uprightly. He who despises the gain of oppressions, who gestures with his hands, refusing bribes, who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. He will dwell on high. His place of defense will be the fortress of the rocks. Bread will be given him. His water will be sure. Verse 17. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty. They will see the land that is very far off. Can we take it again from the verse 15? He who walks righteously, the righteousness of Christ, he who speaks uprightly, he who despises the gain of oppressions, who gestures with his hands, refusing bribes, I don't know how many of you have heard about some testimony running on some WhatsApps. So funny. No offense to the policemen. He said many policemen are taking bribes, including the one CDs. And if they don't repent, Christ says he's coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Those who take bribes. Who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. He will dwell on high. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Bread will be given him. His water will be sure. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty. Do you want your eyes to see the king in his beauty? So he's saying our place is there. It's been booked. Whilst here, so long as we remain in Christ, 
If only we'll be upright and walk in his righteousness. He says, our eyes will see the king. Our eyes. And what we really want is for my eyes to see the king. Your eyes to see the king. But he says, how we are walking. How we are speaking. The monies we are taking. The evil. But I believe your eyes would like to see the king. Hallelujah. In this, there are two main critical issues or items that the Lord has given to us that we need to preserve and protect. One is our garment. Once we become believers born again, He gives us the garments. Let's look at Isaiah 61 verse 10. Isaiah 61 verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. We are adorned. But when you go to Revelation 16, 15, if only we can keep this garment before he comes. That is the issue. Can you keep your garment? Can you keep your garment? Some of us have allowed our garments to be stained by unforgiveness. Because we cannot forgive. Your garment could be stained. From afar, it looks white. But as you get close, there is a stain. Some of us have allowed our garments to be stained by anger. This anger cannot be controlled. And sometimes we even take possession. You say, this is my anger. It stains your garments. For some, we've stained it with hate. I mean, you hate the person so much so that nothing about him. As you do that, it's your garment. You know, sometimes you don't even, the person has not done anything. But you hate him. I've had that experience before. You know, also for answer, you know, all the Ashanti, almost every Ashanti, or say is from an Ashanti, you're an Ashanti. So apparently, because of says in my name, this lady told her on Ashanti. Hated me. So, but one day when we were sitting in the office, there was a meeting. And then somebody said, Ah, Mukwe Fuesua. Then the lady opened her mouth. He said, All along, I thought you were Ashanti. Because of the name of Say, what crime have I committed? 
You hated me because of the name of sin. And I'm sure some people hate people. I haven't done her anything. She hated the shanties. And I happened to be a Sebimpon. So I was added to the list of those who be hated. <laughs> but in doing that, you are staining your garment. And some people hate some people for absolutely nothing. But in doing that, it's a stain in your garment. It won't allow you to enter. You cannot enter with that garment, with that stain of hate in it. For some, it is the pleasures of life. The pleasures of life is enough to stain your garment. Some, the stain is lies. Because of lies. For some cheating, some theft, other deceitfulness of riches, some the occultic world, secret societies they found themselves. So because of this, your garment is stained. Meanwhile, we are all proud that we are believers. Oh, by all means, he's made it. But the garment would have been stained. You and I need to keep our garments without making it dirty. But Emmanuel is not here, but when he was in kindergarten, and each time he returned his school uniform, as if he was mining the sand at Morning Star School. <laughs> and some of us are adults, but our garments, we made it dirty. From when we were in secondary school, we used to have our days where we had a laundry man to do our laundry. And one man, his white trousers was so stained that the laundryman asked him, do you want me to wash for khaki or for white? <laughs> you understand? The garment that Christ has given to us, we are staining it. Maybe that's why when we give our lives to Christ, if he took us early, probably would have been kept pure. But as we remain here, we are allowing all manner of things. Hate, lies, Pleasures of life. The world. The world. Even what we are wearing. Look, if you know where we are going, don't argue with anybody when they talk about what you are wearing. If it doesn't fit. It's because when you get there, what will be given to you to wear cannot be compared to what some seamstress has sold here. You understand? What you be given? But worldliness. When it's don't wear this, don't wear that. I'm sure if I mention don't wear this, that will be the topic for the rest of the evening. All what I've said. Emphat. 
Because that is what touches us. But that is what will take you. But that is what will take you. Read a word for yourself. If it says, don't do this. Yesterday, our daughter called us from Mauritius. She said they are arguing over piercing of rings, whether Christians should do it or not. It's what piercing. Ear piercing. Me, I didn't even know there was anything like that. So she asked me, Daddy, where is the scripture? So I don't know if anybody has that scripture. <laughs> Help me to send it to her. <laughs> Some people pierce their noses. And... Is there any scripture? I don't know yet, but. You see, we are trying to receive justification for what we are doing. So when somebody says anything, show me where the word is. But what you are wearing, does it honor God? That is the real issue. Does it honor God? If it doesn't honor God, there should be no argument. When Brother Michael Sambo came here, you know, he, as he shared with that, the Lord took him to heaven and hell. And one lady that he met, he said, his pastor said, oh, you can wear this, don't mind them. It was when she got there and saw that it was not meant to be worn. And he was angry with his pastor. But the pastor was not there. The pastor was not there. People of God, where our citizenship is, it's not to be taken lightly with what we want to do on this earth. It doesn't pay at all. It doesn't pay. We can argue, don't wear this, don't wear that. But if because of the love of the world, if you love the world so much so, that because of that, you will not enter. I think you would have done yourself a great service. Let us just be who we are. Because remember, when we read in Ephesians, he said, if I remain in him, if I'm truly in him, then I'll be seated with him in the heavenly places. So if I cannot follow Christ, if I cannot truly follow Christ, and I want to peep into the world and be like what the world is doing. I have no place in Christ. And I have no place as a member of the citizenship in heaven. The world is deceiving us. You know, they look nice. The things that the world presents, very nice. There is no doubt. But that's the deception. That is what Satan is deceiving most of us. In any case, they are not new. The kind of trials the men are wearing today and is dropping. When we were in Form 1, they used to call his bell bottom. Is that not it? It's come and gone. It was in the city. It's come back after 40 years. It is not something which is trending now. It has trended and come and gone. And what is happening now, if the Lord doesn't come, in another 50 years, something else, it will come again. It's a cycle. It goes. It comes. I'm sure one of these days, Michelle Guarantee will come. <laughs> but it's, it's a waste of time. 
if we truly believe and know what the Lord has prepared for us and where our citizenship is, we won't spend time and money on the things of this world. The deception. The world is deceiving so many of us. But let's begin to rethink that. And you see, the world is declining, it is decaying in any way. All the things of the world are passing away. So our garments, if only we can keep it. And I'm saying, don't let's be like children in kindergarten. Whole. Is it defaced or get to make our garments to be faded? And the Lord will not see whether it's really white. Some of us are defiling ourselves. Defiling the temple. Also, we spoke about it last Sunday. You speak to some of these young ones. They tell you, I have only one life. Who told you there's only one life? They tell you there's only one life, so let me enjoy. Like I said, this poor girl who is gone. Who was only 20 plus some months the life that she enjoyed is a lesson for all of us she may have enjoyed but those 20 years and some 11 months life here and what she enjoyed I don't think can be compared it can never be compared let's not allow Satan to deceive us because our citizenship is in heaven. And we are going there so long as we remain in Christ. In fact, that, is, that should be our biggest fight. If we have a fight, let's fight to remain in Christ. So that we can keep our citizenship. Let's fight to remain in Christ. That is the only way our citizenship can be guaranteed. That is the only way it can be guaranteed. The second key issue is that the book of life, where our names have been entered, what we should note is that that name can be blotted out as and when the Lord thinks it ought not to remain there. In Exodus 32, 32-33 will clearly tell you the name can be blotted out. And if your name is not found in it, your garment is stained, and you are carrying baggage through that narrow gate, that citizenship will only be a mere wish whilst you are on this earth. But let's begin to live as people who really belong to Christ. As we live here now, let's begin to live that we are people who do not belong to this world. Because this world is passing away. And in my values, I shall have to lose every interest in the things of this world. No pleasure in the things of this world. They will tell you belong to the old school. But it is that old school that remaineth Abraham. It is in that old school that you will meet David. It is in that old school that you meet those who have led before. If you want to join this new school, 
It has no place. It has no place. Remain with the old school. What are some of the things quickly we can do to make sure that our citizenship is intact? Let us hold on to the word of God. And more importantly, let us be more knowledgeable about Christ. Let us be more knowledgeable about Christ. You know, if you have time, when we get back home, just read. Maybe we can quickly look at Second Peter chapter one, verse one to two. Even though it's let's go, it's very very important. Second uh, Peter chapter one, verse one to twelve. Simon Peter, a born servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and the Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him, who called us by glory and virtue, by which we've been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who loves these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And look at the verse 11. For so... An entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If only we can go through all of this. See, when you get there, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly. Remember in Matthew 7, 21, it will tell somebody will be knocking and the Lord will tell him, I don't know you. But he says in this case, the door will be, some version says the door will be opened widely. A grand entry for you to come in. Through the knowledge of Christ. Adding on faith, diligence, virtue, patience, temperance, righteousness, holiness. When you get there, the door will be opened. 
it will be announced that you've arrived. Because Christ was in you. You took your citizenship seriously. So as you are coming, there's a wide entrance. Abundantly opened. And then you enter. And then you take hold. Make good your citizenship. It is there for us. So knowledge of Christ is important. Secondly, I like reading about the patriarchs. Because I know they've made it. And their examples are worth emulating. So I love reading about them. What makes them who they were. And I believe it's good for all of us to look at. And I love to read books on holiness. There's one particular book, J.C. Ryle. Maybe if you can find it to buy. It's a good book on holiness. J.C. Ryle. Faith and not the least. Remember that the citizenship that we are talking about, which is in heaven, it is not like other cities where it is either London or New York or Accra or Tema. It is in heaven. The other city or the other place, there are only two destinations. Ultimately, the only two destinations, as you know, is either heaven or hell. What Christ has offered us is in heaven. The other one is a place I don't think you want to think about. So we should not be looking at heaven as rankings of cities. If I don't get this city, I'll get another city. The only other city, if I even call it a city, if it qualifies to be a city, is hell. So indeed, we don't have any option. What Christ has given to us, what he has given to us, is heaven. Let's hold on to it. Because that is what has been prepared for us from the foundation of the earth. That citizenship, that state, is what has been prepared for us. Heaven is where right from the foundation. Matthew 25, 34 will tell you that is what has been prepared for us. Hell was prepared for the devil. It is not a place for any one of us. Let's be proud of our citizenship in heaven. Let's make sure our garments are kept without any stain. No stain of lies, deceit, cheating, worldliness, lust, anger, bitterness, hate, unrighteousness, ungodliness, all these will stain the garment that has been given to us. If only we can keep it as you get to the gate, which is a narrow gate. And if you've done all what we read in Second Peter chapter 1, it says the gates will be opened widely unto you. There's no struggle. There'll be no surprise because you would have lived knowing that this is where I belong and I've lived my life here. Once I live here, I lived as someone who belongs to heaven. And therefore, it will not be easy for the Lord to confirm me or to confess you before the angels. 
It's a place that I'm prepared for us. Let's set our eyes on it. And it shall be well with us. Peace and many blessings.